Nothing comes easy for me. Nothing comes easy for me. And nothing will probably come easy for me. Thank you. This is Joe McAvoy with Nothing Comes Easy For Me. And my guest is my dear friend, Julia Austin. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm just wonderful. It's so good to sit down and talk to you. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Honestly, can't complain. I've uh, been healthy enough. I mean, I got COVID, but I survived it. <laughs> Remained employed. So, I, you know, I really uh, am very grateful right now. When did you get the COVID? Back in January. I'm very sorry to hear that. Did you get it at all? Uh, not yet. No, no. Don't say yet. You won't get it at all. Well, you won't get it. <laughs> I've, I've been fully vaccinated, so hopefully I won't get it. Good, good, good. Uh, what, were you uh, sick for a while? Very sick. Yeah. Nick, my husband, and I both got it. We were both very sick. Couldn't smell or taste anything for about a month. Um, I would say for about a week, we were completely bedridden with no energy, and uh, I lost like 10 pounds. Well, I'm very, very sorry to hear that. Uh, and I know many people have gotten it. And are you completely okay now? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally back. Great. Um, yep. How's, Rebounded. How's Nick doing? Nick is good. He's, yeah, he's, he's good. He's, uh, he's liking his, um, his work and, you know, we're both just happy to be back doing stand-up. I think we really are both very rejuvenated by that. Didn't realize how much we missed it. Uh, oh, I, I miss it terribly. I haven't done anything since March of 20. Oh, okay. Are you going to go back? Absolutely. Uh, when do you think you're going to go back? Well, the first chance I get. You know, because now I'm fully vaccinated, so I am really feel comfortable. Is I met you, I remember, at Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica, and you were hosting an open mic. Mm -hmm. Are you going back to that? They haven't said anything about the open mic, whether it's going to happen again and whether or not I would be hosting it. I am hosting some shows there at the end of the month, but there's been no talk of the open mic. But I hope that the open mic comes back. Yeah, I saw where on Facebook where June the 18th they reopen. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. That's a really nice club. They, they are very nice to me. So I'm happy they're back. Is it uh, just weekends or do you know it? Can you tell me anything about it? Uh, I don't know anything about that. I know that they posted some of their lineups, some of their shows coming up. So you could probably see that on their social media, what nights of the week that is. But I feel like there was like four or five nights in a row of shows maybe. So that couldn't have only been weekends. I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing. <laughs> well, okay. So tell me what comes hard. What's hard for you? Um, I would say being comfortable with the idea of greatness of great things happening. You mean having success? Having success, yeah. Well, are you are you afraid of it, or? I don't think I'm so much afraid of it. I think I I used to be afraid of it. I used to be afraid of, you know, 
I think if success comes when you're too young and don't know who you are and don't really know what your values and priorities are, it can really mess up your life. And so I used to be afraid of that. I, I used to fear that it would ruin my marriage if I were married at the time or exactly you know, all those things. But now that I'm a little older, I'm in my thirties. No, you're in your twenties. You're, you're like 25. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm 32, Joe. Oh, you can't be. I am, but thank you so much for saying so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought you were in your early twenties and, Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> well, well, that that's okay because sometimes people think I'm a little younger than I am, and I never give out my age because, you know, if, as long as those casting directors think you're younger, that's all that matters. I don't even know if that. I don't know. <laughs> I love to be. I love to be in my 30s. I honestly embrace it. I have a lot of hard-earned wisdom that I carry with pride, I think. And, and, uh, I'm a woman, I'm not a girl, you know, I'm a woman right. and it feels good. <laughs> right. Well, I, I enjoyed my thirties too. I'm a little over that. So I'll, I'll own up to that much of it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, so was it last year that you went off to Las Vegas and got married? Yeah, actually our year anniversary of marriage is tomorrow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Was was that hard during uh, the virus to run up there and get get married at that time? I would say there was truly nothing hard about it compared to having to throw a giant wedding, which a lot of people do. But we didn't um, we didn't go straight from LA. So around March fourteenth of twenty twenty, when everything was getting a little crazy, we actually just packed up the car. Yeah. and the dog and everything. And we drove to Vail, Colorado, where my husband's uh, family has a home. And we were there for three months. And then when we decided to come back, we decided to stop in Las Vegas, you know, to break up the trip. Right. And um, we knew we'd be doing that. And so it wasn't spontaneous. We were still in Vail and we were mapping out our trip. And um, we decided We'd always we'd wanted to elope in Vegas for a few years, but we were worried that our families wouldn't like that, <laughs> that they would prefer a big conventional wedding. Right. But then in the middle of the pandemic, we kind of found our chance because we were like, well, nobody can get mad at us for doing it this way, because if we want to get married and nobody's allowed to have big weddings right now. So let's let's do it. So we you know, we planned it. We called ch- chapels ahead of time, booked our hotel and and everything. Um, we were very excited. <laughs> I was in Las Vegas uh, early April of 20, and it was a ghost town. Yeah. And I drove down Las Vegas Boulevard and took some photographs from my car because I just couldn't stop. And and uh, I was going through. Uh, I And I've been going to Las Vegas for many years, and I never saw it like that. It just, uh, just a ghost town. Yeah. And when we were, oh, go ahead. Well, was it that bad when you guys got married last year in June or had it lightened up a little bit? So when we got married, it was the day that Vegas reopened, which is funny because looking back, it was really only three months into the pandemic. And essentially Vegas thought maybe this is over. And now we know that it was really only the beginning. Right. <laughs> um, but it was, the, it was the day Vegas reopened. And I would say people did not skip a beat. So 
Less than half of the hotels were open, but those that were, were completely full. Well, that's good. You know, uh, I've stayed on at the strip on quite a few of them and uh, you just, it, it just broke my heart. I mean, I, I almost cried all the way back to LA. So there was, you stayed there in April? Uh, no, I didn't. I had been in Utah and I was driving back and uh-huh. just just went through and went down Las Vegas Boulevard and stopped it in and out because nothing was open. I mean, right. you know, and it, it it's honestly, it was the saddest time I've ever been in Las Vegas. I've, I've been there 50 times. It is. I imagine and, it's so strange to see it that way. It, yeah. And I've uh, done a couple of book shows off the strip and uh, it just, just totally different place. But uh, so what else would you say besides the fear of being successful would be, be hard for you with school or. Uh, was school hard for me? You know, I was, I've always been just, I will say I've always been, really good at writing. I always got A's in my English classes, That's anything true. creative and C's and D's in master science. <laughs> <laughs> Not the mathematician, I take it. No, 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 no. And then I went on to college and I majored in creative writing. And I mean, it's like, you're, you know, you're kind of great on a curve on those things. <laughs> Well, your jokes are very creative. I've noticed that when I see you get up. Oh, thank you. And, thank you. And that shows me your writing skills. You know, you don't usually do stand-up comedy with a calculator and try to impress people. <laughs> no, no. I uh no, I've I've always been pretty personal uh pretty comfortable um getting pretty personal with uh with strangers and being pretty open. So that helps with my writing in school and, and it's helped with stand up too. Yeah. You, you, you have a friendly outgoing personality. Thank you. I, I do. I like people a lot. I really do. I am very social. The pandemic was hard for me. I think my husband saw me depressed literally only the second time he'd ever seen me depressed in the eight years we've been together. Is that right? Was during the pandemic. Cause I, I was, it was just so hard for me to be so isolated. Well, yes. I, I mean, it was it's it was hard for all of us. So, yeah, I was just in the same position, isolated. And when not I- for my husband, it was not hard. Really, he loves all he's ever wanted is time to work on projects that he's had not enough time for. A lot of times when we get social invitations, he's like, ah, I don't want to go to that. That's really you know. He's- <laughs> He really. Well, guys are know, guys are like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. stay home and watch the boob tube or mess with the. Is he a gamer? No, no, no. He's not. He's he's a writer. I mean, you know, he writes. Oh, he writes. He writes pilots, and he sold a movie um, some years back. And you know, he's always has a lot of things that he wants to be writing on, working on. But then also having a day job, and then also doing stand up. The writing stuff can take the back burner a lot. So he did a lot of writing during the pandemic and he was happy to do it. Well, that's great. Or do you help him with the writing? No. I mean, in the, in the way that I'm always aware of what he's working on, like if he's working on a new pilot, I know what it's about. And maybe a dinner will 
um, sort of troubleshoot, you know, maybe he's thinking, oh, should the character's story arc be this or should it be that or, sure. you know, things like that. We'll d- discuss it. Um, and then he lets me read his first draft and, and I give him notes. Well, that's good that you yeah. have you work together and have things in common that makes relationships last longer. Yeah, it does. You know, it does. I'm honestly, uh, some people say, I can't believe you're married to a comedian. And then I look at comedians who are not married to a comedian and I'm like, I can't believe you're not married to a comedian. (laughs) I mean, Uh, it's just, we talk about it so much and we relate over the experiences, the very specific experiences of comedy. We really really do. Yeah. Yeah. We really do. And, and uh, there's a lot of our mutual friends who have met at open mics and book shows and gotten married in the last several years. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's the other thing is um, we have a, we have a common social life, you know? So. Yeah. And it's not like you're in the workplace where you'll get fired because you're really not in the workplace. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So are you, uh, was athletics hard for you? Did you participate in, in uh, women's sports? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm sorry to interrupt this, but you know, the little line I see moving for your voice yeah. and it has all the different levels. Do you see that moving for mine? Yeah. Okay, good. Cause it's not yeah. moving on my end at all. Okay. So I just, <laughs> we're, we're moving right along here. Okay. I just want to make you sure you're capturing my stuff. Yep. They're moving um, up and down. The, the, sports. Yeah. I'm absolutely terrible at sports. Um, we had to do them in high school. I was on a girls' softball team. We were the worst team in the entire uh, town. I mean, we were like a little private school where all we cared about was wearing our cute designer uh, sweat track suits and trying to get out of exercising. Basically, <laughs> so we were, I mean, we would just tell we would tell the coach who did not know enough about the female body. I guess yeah. we would just always tell him we were on our periods, so we couldn't jog. And he never put it together that we were always on our periods, which is not true of women. <laughs> well, he see, if you'd have had a woman coach, that would have been a lot. Yeah, it would not have passed, but he would just throw his hands up and say, my sister, oh, fine. my sister was on a volleyball team and I had had her coach actually in elementary school and knew this lady and liked her and she just hated her. And I said, well, it's because she's a woman and she won't let you girls get by with stuff. And <laughs> Yeah. We, we got away with a lot. Um, one day, the only time I ever hit the ball ever. Right. I immediately, I started to run to first base and I was very excited, but what I had also done was, thrown the bat behind me after hitting the ball and I didn't realize I had the bat had hit the coach in the neck and he had gotten the wind knocked out of him oh yeah and fell on the ground and so I turned around so excited to get to first base and I just see the whole team gathered around my coach on the ground who's grabbing his neck yeah yeah and I I said a sentence that I genuinely believed was an excuse, which was, I wasn't here the day you told us not to throw the bat. Oh, boy. I'll bet that really. <laughs> which is 
should be common sense looking back, but I really wasn't there the day they told us that. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, did you play any other sports? I played volleyball. I think that's it. I think that's it. I found my I I found a a sort of a way to get around things because they they did make us do PE in high school, but I found out you could find something to do off of campus, right? And just get the instructor to sign a sheet saying you did it. So I found a yoga class, but it was actually called like restorative yoga, and the, it was literally the easiest yoga class where the whole point was you just lay in different positions, lie, lay, however you say it, right. for. 15 minutes and just lay there. And uh, it was pretty much me and a lot of people in their fifties and up. And I got my PE credit for this. So, so you went to, I, I take it a private gym and hung out with older guys and girls. Just a yoga studio. Oh, a yoga yeah. studio. Okay. Yeah. Yoga studio. Yeah. And, and they gave you credit for that. Well, that, that sounds great. You know, I wish I could have done something like that, <laughs> but uh that's wonderful. Uh, are there other things that are, are you like cooking? Are you into that? I'm actually, I'm, I mean, I'm not a bad cook. There's a lot of things I've picked up through my family. My mom's a great cook. My sister owns her own restaurant. So she's a great cook. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, through a combination of I'll follow a recipe. So that's good. There's also just, you know, little things I know. That I actually, I didn't realize not everyone knew. Right. Just about making things in the kitchen and, and until I watch my beloved husband make certain things and I have to stop him because that's not how you do that. Well, that's, and I realized, oh, I, I picked that up from my mom and my sister. Not everyone knows that. I, it's so, so cooking isn't really that. Uh, what, are you a good seamstress? Is that hard for you? Or? No, no way. No, I'm not a good seamstress. You're not. No, I can put a button on something. That's it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's it. So you you're not the the type of that that would be something that would be difficult for you to to do is uh being being a seamstress or that type of thing. Well, you need a sewing machine to be a seamstress, right? So the second you give me a machine that I have to learn how to use <laughs> of any kind. That is not happening. I I fully understand. I can't. <laughs> you I, have to figure out buttons and gadgets and oh, things that you pull and push. No way. My God, I can't hardly sew a button unless somebody helps me. And uh, I, I, I've never used a sewing machine. I'd probably sew my thumb over. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's something that you know we. We take it for granted that girls can do these things, but it's not always easy. You know? I don't think, I don't think you're supposed to say that, Joe. <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, maybe I'm not, but I'm just trying to be honest. It's not, you know, I like, I, I worked at a Macy's and I would take my shirts and stuff into alterations and give them a buck to sew it on because I couldn't do it. Yeah. And those guys and girls could just zippity lick do it right off the bat, you know, and that, but that's just how I do things, you know. Uh, and uh, speaking of which, you, you've been in LA for quite a while, haven't you? 
for couple, 12 years. 12, 12 years. Hmm? Have you met any celebrities? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've met a lot of celebrities over the years. I just can't really remember them. Um, were you out at Westside the night Larry David was there? No. Oh, you missed? No, I was not. Okay. Have you, have you seen any headliner comics other I mean, I've met I met Whitney Cummings. That's wonderful. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy. I mean, I'm sure there's. They get a few there. A lot of ones that I yeah. They 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 really do. Maria Bamford. I met Maria Bamford. That's great. Uh, I used to work at at the Macy's at the Beverly Center in Los Angeles, and we would have the B-list actors come in, and once in a while, somebody who was a well-known celebrity. I heard your story about Angelina Jolie. Oh, yeah, she came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh, we used to, a uh, Snoop Dogg used to come in every so often. Uh, and so one, uh, Stevie Wonder came in with a couple of his friends. Uh, y- you know, and the more you're around people like that, you just realize they're just like you and me, they're people. I don't exactly recall, but I feel like over the years I have met some celebrities that kind of fulfilled the stereotype of the, it seems like if they're not doing drugs right now, at one point they did too many. And so it always seems that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like a little checked out kind of. Uh, yeah. Alice Cooper came in once and I, I sold him some undershirts and he's, the man is aged. Look. But he can still rock and roll, so All right. you know th- what. What more can you say? I mean, he's uh, he's a great guy. Uh, actually, I heard him on the radio not too long ago. It, what was he talking about? Or was he singing? Or was he talking? <laughs> he, a little of both. A little of both. Yeah, yeah. And gotcha. with your per- uh, personality, I would think that you would. Uh, it wouldn't be hard for you to meet anyone. Mm, no, I, I'll introduce myself to just about anyone. I like to meet new people. I also make the mistake of assuming that people will enjoy meeting me. I mean, sometimes it's not a mistake, but <laughs> sometimes I'll just sort of put myself in situations where, you know, socially where I just insert myself without really reading the room or if anybody wanted that. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I can open up on stage, and then off stage, I'm just kind of shy and bashful. Do you open up on stage? I don't really feel like you get that personal on stage. I feel like I don't really feel like I get that. I hear anything truly personal from you on stage. Well, I wouldn't say real personal, but I mean, it's my opportunity, like now, to talk. And mm, just and to, to chat. yeah, and act and react with that audience, and 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 that's what I really love. Yeah, and I I'm usually kind of quiet. I, I'm not the most the, the life of the party. Does it give you anxiety to be in the comedy community, given how how much socialization just happens no, naturally? N- no, it just I, I love it. I I, okay. I really feel like I I'm around people I know and like and can relate to. So you don't mind 
being a quiet onlooker? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, and I guess when I'm around some people, I don't really have much to say to them. So I just kind of don't say too much. And then it seems like in comedy, you could just really open up and, and relate to people like yourself. What does it take for you to want to talk to someone? And what does it take for you to think, I have nothing to say to this person? <laughs> uh, having an interest in, in a, a mute, I guess a mutual interest would be what I'm getting at. Uh, well, I guess the word of comedy, there's instantly that mutual interest, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. You know, uh, you're always listening to people. And, and one of the things about it is the audience really, when you walk on stage, every body movement, everything you say, they really pay attention to. And just like when, when you introduce people, you know, you may not think there's many anybody paying attention. They are. And, and I like that. And so do you, do you have anything else that you think is a, is a little difficult for you? Anything else that's a little difficult for me? Would it, I mean, it, if you don't, it's fine. I, I feel like all of my answers are, you know, like the thing about uh, struggling to, Accept the idea of success. That's like kind of a meta thing, you know. That's like not just sewing or sports. It's. Right. I feel like all of my answers will be very meta, so I don't know if that's what you're looking for. If it's too much to dive into. <laughs> no, it, it's fine. Uh, what you're saying about success is, you've seen a lot of people in Hollywood over the years just go down the drain because it got the best of them. I think it's not so much for me that I'm afraid of what will happen now if I became successful. It's more that I'm uncomfortable with believing that I would be successful and picturing myself in those situations. It, right. I feel delusional or narcissistic. Um, well, uh, do you do you feel like you, you kind of take the good with the bad and it's part of the job or. Yeah. I think that probably a lot of people struggle with this. And I also think that the people who don't struggle with that are, are usually not very likable people. <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's kind of ironic because to some degree you have to believe that something great could happen or else why would you get up every day and do this? Right. Exactly. And then on the other hand, if you're someone who believes that without a doubt, without any sort of doubt, right. then you, you're kind of, then that almost comes off as like extremely cocky because this is really hard. Comedy is really hard and achievements in it are incredibly rare. So for people who don't acknowledge those truths, you know, they're not usually personality types that I vibe with. Right. You have to strike a balance between believing in yourself and remaining you, you, humble. That's true. And I think it, you, some people expect too much and think it's going to be easy. It's not. It's a lot of work. You can have mm -hmm. a lot of fun with it. 
and you kind of have to, in a way, wait your turn. Yeah, because you better have fun with it. Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, every time I've go to a show, I just want to have fun. And it's not your day job. This is your opportunity to get up, show people what you can do, and really enjoy it. Yeah. You you have to enjoy it because, well, first of all, if you don't enjoy it, the audience is not going to enjoy it, right? <laughs> no, no, they're not. And, and they'll pick up on it very quickly. Uh, just, yeah. you know, because they're really – you're it. There's nobody else up there. And when when you come across and you're f- not just funny, but you really make a good impression and, and they can see that you're enjoying it, then they, they laugh along with you. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, a lot of, you know, if you if you just focus on the results of I don't have this yet, I haven't been done this or been on TV or been acknowledged by this, whatever, um, you're, you're going to become bitter and you're going to bring that energy to the stage and almost make the audience who's in front of you feel like, um, this is a waste of your time or, you know, like you're not grateful to be there. And it's like, Hey, they just, this is their Friday. They worked hard. They spent $20 on this ticket and paid for drinks and They just want to have a good time. They're not really concerned with whether or not you got booked on that TV thing or no, they're not where you're at in your career. They just want you to make them laugh for eight to 12 minutes or whatever it is. Right. That's right. Uh, Julie, it's been a pleasure and I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you and I hope sometime we can do it again. Oh, good. I love talking to you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And remember, Nothing comes easy for me, nothing comes easy for me, and nothing ever will. Thank you for listening, and good night.